Yeah, let's get it. Let's get it out. Yeah. Ooh. Welcome, everybody, to Juice Pro Wrestling, episode 90, Windy City Classic, with our very special guest, the good doctor, Keith Lipinski. What's going on, Keith? Not that much. Thanks, Juice Buddy, for having me on your fine program, and thanks to everyone that's listening, and most importantly, Merry Christmas, happy uh, third or fourth day of Hanukkah. Mm -hmm. Uh, For those that celebrate Kwanzaa, I'm not sure about the calendar, basically, Happy everything to everybody. Thank you for taking the time to listen, of course, to the Juice Pro Wrestling Podcast. That's right. (laughs) We're live and living color on Christmas Day. That's a first for us. So I hope you all enjoy what we're about to deliver, you know, dropping those treats for all you good boys and girls out there. Now, just to make sure we promise no gifts, right, guys? No. I I have absolutely nothing, like literally less than nothing to give to you guys. The only thing I can give you is the gift of conversation, which does not have a retail value. And unfortunately I lost the gift receipt for it. So you're, you're stuck with it. Well, we all come with empty hands, yeah. but with the gift of yeah. entertainment. So that's all we offer. <laughs> and we offer it at a high level. We like to say, so if you're in your cars wow, listening to this, if you're, a, if you just got done fist fighting someone at Walmart over a $4 DVD <laughs> copy of uh, three ninjas, well, we're the ones that could bring you back down to earth and entertain yeah. you. Tell the, you it's okay. Christmas is cool. The one with the Hulkster in it, by oh, the way. I, I, yeah, that's the thing where I'm like, I'm hoping it's the one that has Hulkster in it. Because otherwise, you know, with that awesome fake head of hair that he had that he yeah. used in that match with Rod Macho Man Randy Savage. And he Savage, shoved it down his that throat. Halloween Havoc 90, <laughs> maybe? It, it was, uh, yeah, it was somewhere around there. I, I remember that. It was, what was that? It was like Three Ninjas High Noon or something mountain. It was like the third I one. I believe three three ninjas at Splash Mountain, maybe or yeah. I, I believe the lovely uh, America's Sweetheart a long, long time ago. Lonnie Anderson also oh, was yeah. in that movie. So the fact you have Hulk Hogan and Lonnie Anderson in the movie together really makes it something that's worth the three ninety nine that you get at Walmart, uh, and potentially you know like six ninety nine with a two pack with Santa. Uh, with muscles, which is on nobody's best Christmas yes. <laughs> That is correct. <laughs> Jack Santa. <laughs> Hogan, how, man, for being such a huge superstar, he just said yes to everything. Every shitty movie they threw at him, you know. Well, well you got to remember something, boys. Like, as, you know, as we grow older, our bodies tend to fall apart. Wrestlers' bodies fall apart at a faster rate than normal humans or podcasters like you and myself and everyone else. So, like, the fact that, okay, I can sit there and hit people, uh, you know, slap people with a weightlifting belt, or I can deliver lines with Lonnie Anderson. I know what I'm doing. You did lines with Lonnie Anderson? <laughs> well, probably you did lines. Those, those lovely Walmart sweaters that they let it snow on it. He probably probably was all about that. So. <laughs> right. Oh, as man. long as it wasn't with Bubba the Love Sponge's wife, he could do whatever he wants. <laughs> hey, <Yeah>. brother. <laughs> God, what a setup for man. that. So, Keith, let's get into well, talking. Go ahead, man. 
we're not going to talk about Hulk Hogan's dick hair guy. Oh <laughs> man, what kind of Christmas party is this? <laughs> I, we're I, not talking about. Hulk. I think the tanning bed. I think the tanning bed burnt all that shit off with the rest of his hair. Uh, uh, oh, what you gonna do? Yeah, I love the Hulkster, but he is kind of like the worst person ever. Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the, the whole getting recorded and saying things about other people is not good. And, and we're not recording this, right? So whatever I say on here is fine. It's just oh, yeah. Between the three of us and anyone that's listening to the show mm-hmm. on their way to and from their grandmother's house. That's right. Right. Getting everybody hyped up for grandma. We had all that. You know cooking. what? We uh, we got some stats from uh, Libsyn recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sretton here. <laughs> and um, apparently... The majority of our listeners are grandmothers, like old women oh, wow. over the age of sixty-eight. So good, yeah. f- good for us. Um, depends. We're, we're keeping. Yep, depends. Which is going to be a future sponsor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're great, uh, great product. I don't. I don't know if you guys have ever used them, but I mean, just really. Uh, I, I want to use the word game changer because people would associate that with shellac. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, fine, fine, fine product, and also probably there's probably a, a small demographic. Within that larger demographic of grandmothers that have had sex with uh, Paul Stanley of Kit. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think we'll be making some Star Child references out there, everybody. <laughs> the Star Child. You wanted the best, you got the best. <laughs> Man, I'm a lock. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, we got ourselves hit too. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. It's real in it. Yeah. Oh, it's Christmas, maybe. <laughs> the the it's Christmas, version it's of Christmas, of course. Hell yeah. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that Gene, I, I bet, I mean, she's, I, I hope you guys have a good legal department because I bet Gene Simmons will probably sue us. Oh, Go yeah. Ahead. He's coming in very big, right. very hard, very stiff. I don't, I don't want to hear about Gene Simmons being hard and stiff or being anywhere around my grandma. <laughs> well, I mean, fuck. I mean, I'd let him around my grandma with a tongue like that, you know. Ugh. Grandma well, needs I, some I'm love. Sure grandma would love that. And then get back <laughs> to the Depends, an official sponsor of mm-hmm. the Juice Pro Wrestling Podcast. Yep. Well, either, either. I'm sorry that this podcast is already falling off a cliff. <laughs> I, I, I assume that there could be more things to talk about than Hulk Hogan's Python and, of course, grandmothers who have had sex with members of KISS that weren't the late great air car. But obviously, uh. we should be here talking about uh, a big, huge event coming up. And right. no, I'm not talking about the day after Christmas. I'm talking about a few days after Christmas, AAW's big, huge 15th annual Windy City Classic. That's right. On December 28th uh, at 115 Bourbon Street, which is in Marionette Park, Illinois, starting at 7.30 p.m. And you can actually, this is the first time, I believe, right? You can catch uh, you guys live on pay-per-view on Fight TV. This is the first time that we are working with the fine people at Fight TV to give everyone the AAW experience. So it's something where... It's something where we wanted to go streaming for a while now, and mm-hmm. it just took finding a good partner to work with. And uh, I'm, I'm very excited about it because of the fact that, you know, we've done live streaming in the past through our good friends at the High Spot uh, Video right. Network. And it's something where there's sort of an expectation in 2019 to provide that content. There's so much wrestling content oh, out right, that, right now. Like, as you and I, as we're talking, and it's Christmas Day, there's probably 27 independent shows that are going on somewhere <laughs> yeah. right now. Right. So, like, people people aren't used to the back in the day where 
you know, you would have to wait a week or so. Like, I mean, you, 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 you damn kids don't remember the hardships of, of 2005 and ROH shows happening and having to wait and wait a few weeks to get a sweet VHS copy in the mail of a show or potentially like myself having to go to one of three Japanese book slash video stores in Chicago in order to find the latest new Japan tape. It was pretty awful anyway, in 2005. (laughs) So like the times have changed. The internet wrestling fans want it. I mean, I mean, humans in general, they want that instant gratification. They would, they don't want to sit there and wait right away. They want to get it. They just want to sit there and, and go on that buffet line and put their head right into the uh, ambrosia salad and eat all the grapes out of it. So (laughs) because of that, and because of, you know, it's basically demands from the fans. Like the fans sort of first and last are the boss of what we do. And they sort of dictate what we do as a company. They don't dictate everything we do because that would be, (laughs) that would be suicide, ladies and gentlemen. But I mean, like fans have been asking for this for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you guys, I mean, just go, looking at the card, it, you guys always have an insane uh, lineup. I've been looking to get a representative from AAW on the show. Uh, what's right? This will be, I think we're, we'll go into our second year here in March, around March or April. Wow. Yeah. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks, uh, man. So I, it's really an honor to have you on here. And uh, it's, man, you guys always have a stacked card. I know my buddy uh, Derek Ratface Martha from the band Blunt and uh, Minimum Wage Assassins. He's out there uh, from DeKalb. He's always hitting you guys up. Um, I unfortunately haven't caught a show yet live in person. I've I've watched uh, through YouTube and all that, but that's going <laughs> to, yeah, right? That's going to change here. I'm going to get crucified here on Christmas, you know? <laughs> Tis the season. <laughs> wow, wow. Crucified on Christmas uh, was originally going to be the title of the first Windy City Classic, but we decided... Really, the populace is not ready for a title like Crucified for Christmas. But right. uh, the Windy City Classic definitely has a, a more exciting ring to it. So, oh, yeah. And this is this is a 15th annual one. And, and the good thing about this being on Fight TV is the fact that this is definitely our showcase card. And uh, I like the fact that it's the last event of the year because then it's sort of the end of the book of AAW 2019, or at least this huge chapter intersection and we start fresh of course in january at the beautiful logan square auditorium but before that we have you know rivalries to settle hopefully and you know stars debuting and lots of stuff going on this weekend on fight tv we do have seats left so if you are in the greater chicagoland or indiana area please don't hesitate to come to 115 bourbon street in beautiful marionette park uh, parking, of course, isn't a factor like in other buildings around the Chicagoland area, and definitely uh, bring some beer money and hopefully have a good time watching some of the best talent, independent wrestling talent, not only in the U.S. but the world, converging into AEW at 115 Bourbon Street. So yeah, it's it's, it's something oh, yeah. where I love going to work there and seeing all this talent that's in there, and just thinking about going through. Uh, you know, past Windy City Classics and looking at some of the people that have been on these shows. Of course, it was on the Windy City Classic that we had the world-famous Merrick Bray versus Tyler Black, that are known as the WWE Seth Rollins in a no-rope barbed-wire match at the Berwyn Eagles Club back in the day. We had uh, recently released on YouTube uh, Tommaso Ciampa versus Ray Phoenix 
which was the opening match at the Windy City Classic a few years ago. So looking through, you know, if I sit there and check out Michael Watson's fantastic The Wrestler's Two Polaroid Portraits uh, book, which is just a wonderful book, the majority of the talent has made their way through AAW. Like AAW has become a destination for any independent wrestler that wants to make their mark. And definitely things will be settled this weekend at 115 Bourbon Street. And most importantly, you, if you're shut in, you don't have to leave the house. We, we can come to you. We're not going to bring the show to you, of course. You will have to pay a certain amount of money on Fight TV. But for that money, you will basically get as close to the AEW experience as possible without the smell of uh, stale beer or the fear of Matthew Justice jumping out of the balcony and falling on you. So that's really <laughs> that's a plus-plus right there. Which he's been known to do. And uh, speaking of Matthew Justice, uh, shout out to him. He worked with our homeboy Bill Alfonso, who has been a guest of the show uh, this year, which I thought was really cool. Did a couple of dates with uh, with Bill. And speaking of the talent, and uh, real quick, i got to put over some uh, Chicago beer drinking a Revolution Brewing Antihero as we speak, which is to be followed up by our own Indiana Three Floyds Zombie Dust. So i got to plug those guys, too, because they fucking... You guys got to get a nice sponsorship, a beer sponsorship and such, you know? Like, yeah, we do. You know. We like to get wet, you know? what? There's nothing wrong with that. We're working Who doesn't out. like to get wet? <laughs> That's right. Um, I wanted real quick, because um, you're talking about Matthew Justice and the insane talent um, that every... I want to let people know some of the talent that they're going to be seeing on this card, which, and if you do buy the pay-per-view on fight, you get to watch it repeatedly, however many times you want. Like it's pretty much like owning it. Um, yeah. Uh, so Matthew justice, you bring him up. He will be facing killer cross in the match. That was just recently announced. One of your last matches to be announced. That's huge. Considering killer cross is no longer under contract. To anybody. So he's, he's doing stuff yeah. with you guys. He's going to be doing stuff I just saw with MLW, which is another huge promotion that we're really into. Um, you guys got Jessica Havoc. You got Chris Statlander for all you AEW uh, fans out there. Um, Josh Alexander fought too. Uh, you guys, who else you got? Jimmy Jacobs, Mance Warner, or a.k.a. Good Brother number three. Yeah, Mance, let's make sure Mance Warner, like, I, of course, you have to toe the company line as an AEW executive or head of talented relations. Uh, Mance Warner no longer works for AEW, but this good brother number three is quite a popular character. And potentially, I, I, I heard rumbling in the Wrestling Observer Rookie of the Year. He potentially is going to be in third place this year. So. Nice. <laughs> well, congratulations to you, yeah. good brother number three. Right? Got David well, whoever you may be, congratulations. Yeah, you mysterious man under your you mysterious, mysterious mask. Bastard. <laughs> uh, Eddie Kingston, David Starr, um, Kurt Stallion, Jake something. Um, or it was, it's, yeah, it is Kurt Stallion. Um, Kimberly, I mean, you guys are always packing the house, man. Like, how, here's what I need to ask you since you, you're being, what exactly is your role for all the people out there listening? Um, with uh, my role is basically I am in charge of most of the video promos that you see that air. You know, I basically attend to so many show matters during the course of the day. I assist with the bookings of the show. Uh, sometimes the talent selection is done for me. So it's more of a jack of all trades right. than anything else. Like it's not like it's not like I can give you the AEW organizational structure. 
And right. well, I could actually, if you wanted to see it real quick, but I mean, like, <laughs> you know, I basically work with the two owners. I work very closely to the top two AEW owners and both give them insight and information. And during the course of the show, I basically wrangle the cast uh, and just basically try to avoid any common issues during the course of the show. Mm. But I mean, uh, most of the time you'll hear me backstage shooting promos with a talent to promote the events that's upcoming, uh, update any storylines that are up there, or also get ready for any future things that are coming down the pipe. So it's sort of a, it's sort of a jack off of all trades. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. You guys got uh, doing uh, some of the interviews backstage. Uh, another um, friend of the show, Sarah Shockey. Oh, great, great girl at Sarah Joy Shockey. You know, Merry Christmas, full Sarah. Of crazy enthusiasm and fun. I, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Sarah. I, I, I wish I could use Sarah more in all segments, but there's sometimes where the subject matter is a little bit too serious, and I don't need someone singing during promos. But uh, <laughs> no, Sarah, Sarah is is great. Is a great talent. Uh, her friend Martin is okay, I guess. No, I'm kidding. Martin DeBergi Rosa, of course, is is our color commentator. Yep. I, I love having those guys uh, as part of our team. I think they they work pretty well together. I think they might be hooking up as well. So I, I they might be. I've heard they might things. be. Uh, they might be. You know, like I think Marty's probably coming some blue shoot right now. This. <laughs> yeah, you know he is. Hey, we're the only wrestling podcast or anything affiliated with wrestling that doesn't. You know, we don't need the blue chew. Yeah. We just need a beer sponsor. Well, Depends sponsor. <laughs> yeah, we just need diapers and beer, and we're yeah. ready to rock and roll. Well, you, you have different priorities, like than other people. <laughs> I like, guess you're so. not. You, you, if, if the sex happens with you guys, you're all down. Right? You're yeah. cool. You're fun with that stuff. Yeah. But I mean, in general, like having some beer and like you know. Like definitely pissing yourself, pissing yeah. yourself is definitely the way to go. Somewhere. Or pulling the Gigi Allen and pissing on other people, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's where it gets a little uh, trick and uh, stuff yeah, like no, that. Yeah. Like stat, stat humor, you know, that's always fun and stuff like that. I, I, I was to me, Gigi Allen was more fun. The thought of Gigi Allen seemed a lot more fun, mm. and then worried about getting you know shit tossed at you was just. I, I I do regret there was one time I believe Gigi Allen played like the China club or Excalibur in Chicago. And yeah. I did not go there. I and uh, I, I haven't really, I don't really have that many regrets in life. And that definitely is not one of them because I, it wasn't Good. like he was known for his musical talent. I mean, if you right. take away, like, uh, you don't like me. So I say, fuck you, you know, like that, <laughs> that's a fantastic song. Like his early stuff Needle is good. His later stuff is just, just not so good. Yeah. So. Yeah, his early stuff was it, it was uh, he was he could actually like sing a little bit, and I'll tell you what I'm actually a big fan of his cover of uh, God damn it, his name's escaping me right now, um, Werewolf of London. Who's oh the Warren Zevon classic? Yeah, yeah, yeah Carmelita. Yeah, no, Carmelita. He could, do, he could do a good job of that, you know. But like I think I think Gigi Allen is a good example to not only punk rockers but wrestlers alike, mm-hmm. where you can only be so much of your gimmick, you know. Yeah, when really- you become all gimmick all the time it seems to get tiring very quickly it does and it you know i uh you know we sit here and joke around and laugh or whatever and i I do enjoy a lot of his music um for various reasons you know i mean it's not like i'm sitting there like oh my god this guy's musical prowess is like you said uh but it's the thought and with being you know somewhat of a i grew up as a young angry punk you know like that was I was like, man, this guy is like the real deal. He just don't give a fuck about anything, or at least that's what he portrayed. You know, um, he portrayed it very well, though. Yeah, he right? did. He did. Gonna, I assume you've probably seen hatred. You probably know it line by line and such. You know, yeah. like you know, 
he portrayed his gimmick of not giving a fuck to its fullest, probably because he did not give a fuck because he was very deep into the heroin addiction. Yeah, I was just so. going to say, he's a junkie! <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Gigi, to me, is just like, it, you need that balance of good and evil, and he was he was just an evil motherfucker, and it, I don't know. Not that I, whatever. Was, can you imagine if he was still around? Oh, I can't. Like, what not not in this day and age. Like no. For him, like I remember, He'd be in I remember prison again. reading the Maximum Rock and Roll when he died. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Jimmy O'Hannon did a, a wonderful, uh, touching tribute to to his friend Gigi and how he was just sitting there <laughs> in the coffin, or it might have been yeah, the video. Uh, There's who's video that curious, George. But yeah, it's it's wow. So it's yeah. a little fucked up. So uh, as we're talking mm-hmm. in, in about Gigi Allen, a uh, quick segue. I, I want to get more into like your musical background because I could have swore were you okay. wearing a cra- one of the I was uh, I was creeping on your Facebook page as I was looking <laughs> for pictures for the promo. Um, I thought I saw you wearing a Crass T shirt. Am I wrong? Uh, I probably was wearing a Culture Shock T shirt. Culture Shock. Yeah. So I, I like I like Crass. Don't get me wrong. Mm. I think I, I I think they've always been a good band. But like uh, Culture Shock is a power violence band from yeah. uh, where are they from? They're from Denver, Colorado. Like if you if you're familiar with Charles Bronson, uh, oh yeah, I um, actually boys, bands out there. I'm actually uh, boys with a lot of those dudes. See, I play uh, my band Handsome Prick. We've uh, me and a, okay. a, a bunch of our buddies. Well, me and my drummer uh, Brad Vandersee have been in the music like the underground. I, you want to call it death grind or death metal grind, power violence scene for like probably since like 2000, 2000. So all, all those oh, bands nice. and stuff like, uh, um, you know, guys from Charles Bronson and all that shit. We hung out with a lot of those dudes. Like they're DeKalb cats. We, you know, we kind of like, yeah. we played out there so much. That was kind of like our second home and then, you know, touring and doing all this other shit. But um, yeah, uh, back in the day, uh, we were in a band called Decrypt. Uh, Okay. Check out like if you if you into that stuff, holy holy erotic rapture, Armageddon anthems. Um, we we're on Bandcamp and all that. I think there's still holy erotics on iTunes. Probably the most underrated okay. grindcore album of all time, or at least the last twenty years. Um, but yeah, and we're going strong still with a uh, handsome prick, and uh, it, it's really cool. Like to you know meet someone like you that that can appreciate and know. Of like bands like we just say Charles Bronson. It's like, yeah, dude, I got their whole catalog. Like, um, you know, I'm good boys with the drummer. Um, man, it's it's just so fucking awesome to hear someone say that, you know? Like, that's what I like in like in wrestling, because I not like we're a big wrestling thing, right? There's this whole concept of juice pro wrestling. And then there's this kind of little miniature thing that we're starting, this kind of freaking nature that's on the side. It's like an extra arm appendage creeping out called the JP dub. And we just, you know, we like to talk about all that other extra curricular stuff that's that's fun that people like to talk about, you know, like music and video games and horror and all that good shit. So please indulge me, sir. Oh, I mean, it's, it's something where, you know, I was big when I went to college. I went to UIC. Yeah. And the majority of my free time was spent going to various record stores in Chicago uh, like the, you know, Tower Records, Reckless mm-hmm. Records, The Quaker Goes Deaf. And there was a really cool record shop on Grand Avenue called The Dummy Room that was run by Joey Vindictive of the Chicago punk band The Vindictives. 
And through going to punk shows, I met the majority of the friends that I have now were people that I either met through wrestling or punk rock. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot. It, it, it's weird how it's sort of like I really got into punk rock around like 1992. And that's sort of the year where I was a big wrestling fan before that. And then sort of the wrestling stopped for a few years and it was all about the music. Yeah. You know, did you ever play in any bands? Music. No, no, never played. Never, never, I've never really been that musically gifted, which mm-hmm. is weird because my son has played, my son's 10, and he currently plays saxophone, and last year he played nice. bass. Nice. And I tried to get him to keep on bass so he can be in a rockabilly band one day and be yes. like in the next, in an indentation of hi-fi and the fucking road burners or something <laughs> like that. So, but I mean, the majority of my friends, uh, are you familiar with a, uh, a pop punk band? I, I still... I still like pop punk a lot. I mean, the pop yeah. punk is a side of me that'll never end. Oh, Are you familiar with a band band called Eighty Eight Fingers Louie by any chance? I, you know what, I've heard that name. I, I'm sure I've heard some of their music, but I've never really dug into the guys. So, yeah. Okay. The uh, Eighty Eight Fingers Louie. Uh, one of my best friends, Dennis, has been the front man for that band. Hmm. And a long time ago, uh. Maximum Rock and Roll would have this magazine that would come out called Book Your Own Fucking Life, which was a tour guide for like, you know, it would be a band listings and venue listings and everything else for bands that wanted to sit there and tour like they were rocks, like tour all over and connections. And someone put in there uh, a band for me called Lapini and uh, you know, basically, it was a diss on me with my at home address and my parents' home phone number. Thankfully, no one ever called. <laughs> and some of, the, some of the songs that were listed on there were all my friends were in popular bands. The reason why I bring this up is because Dennis from 88 Fingers Louie, they have a song on the Fat Records comp. Uh, I think it's like it's like 101 songs, but all of them are under a minute. Yeah. And the name of that song is All My Friends Are in Popular Bands based off that. So, nice. you know... Like it's it's something where I still to this day are, are very close with people that I knew back in the day, and like I knew like I knew the Bronson guys. Like I was I was very tight with the Michiganas, yeah. uh, another great band from DeKalb, who mm-hmm. later on became some of the guys from the Repos. I think actually I watched. I want to say that I watched WrestleMania uh, twelve, the Brett and and Sean Iron Man match with Ebro from Bronson. And also Craig Anarchy from the Machinimas later on the repos. So like it's it's I I definitely have have my punk thread that I could throw out every once in a while that most people don't see in the fuck about. You kind of so. you kind of Keith you kind of snuck in a little rockabilly. Uh, so, oh, you got Stratton Wedd. Yeah, what's 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 the deal with your rockabilly fandom? Oh, I, I'm not. I, I, I rockabilly to me is fine music. It's just never really been for me. That's all. And I it was like something where I had friends that worked for worked for a Victory Records, and it was always yeah. like, here are all these. Wow. Here's here Snapcase. Here's Strike. Here's Earth Crisis. I never and liked Earth Crisis. And the Road yeah. Yeah. yeah, or Snapcase. I've had uh, a buddy of mine, Joe Riley, uh, did or does a musically meditated. It's another music podcast. Um, Man, he was always about those guys, and like the like you said, the victory guy. Is victory still around? It is. They actually got bought by a major label a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, they were they were always it was always a very interesting label. And that uh, Snapcase was one of those bands that had one tremendous EP. Like their first record is decent, 
Then they have a EP called Steps, which is probably their finest work. It's it's four songs. It's just a really good definition of their style and like what they did really well with like guitars and reverb and such. And then they had two really great records. And then after that, they sort of fizzled out in the sunset, only to come up when they you know need a payday. But they were always always a very enter- entertaining band nice. to me. You know, they weren't like Earth Crisis, where Earth Crisis was just like. Okay, you guys have a message. Uh, That's great. Why can't you, yeah. why can't you be like Los Crudos? Just sit there, Los Crudos, give me there a you two go. minute song and talk for five minutes. MK Ultra, so. are you familiar with them? Yes. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. Nice. Like any of those Chicago hardcore bands for back in the day, I, I still feel feel a standing connection to. But I mean I, I'm I'm a big fan of of the Youth Attack record label mm-hmm. and like I try and support them by wearing their shows, uh, uh, you know, their shirts when we have shows or usually nice. whatever band I'm into at the time, I'll usually wear, you know, wear wares or something like that. I'd like to think of it like back in the day, Bill Cosby before he was uh, outed as a rapist, uh, on, on the Cosby show, he would always wear college sweaters. Yeah. Be like, oh, Brown college. university. Cool. <laughs> Brown. Yeah, exactly. Well, he would have all like, he would just constantly have, he'd be like, how many college sweaters you have? And yeah. as someone that owns like, probably a hundred black t-shirts in my closet. I, I, I get yeah. where Cosby is going to with the t-shirt aspect, not the anything else aspect. <laughs> Why don't you have a pudding pop, Rudy? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, did, real quick. Did you see Eddie Murphy on uh Saturday night live? Of course Just... I saw Eddie Murphy. And then he brought out these other, other African-American guys. So I had to <laughs> yeah, they friend, are. Albert. I had to text my friend Albert asking who those other guys were. No, I thought it was I thought it was great. <laughs> I thought that Keenan Thompson being up there, I thought that was good and representative. Mm. I was only hoping for uh, a little Tin Meadows, but I'm just just a <sighs> completist yeah. when it comes to that stuff. But yeah. no, I thought Eddie Murphy was great. The only thing the only thing I would have changed about Eddie Murphy was I, I admire the fact that we got to see those old guests, skits and segments again. Yeah. With the buckwheat on the masked singer, which was fantastic, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah, the only wow. thing I wish wish it would have had was more current songs because my ten year old cackled like he he laughed slightly when Buckwheat was doing the older songs, mm. but when he hit Single Ladies, something that was done actually in the last decade, he was cackling like there's no tomorrow because it's familiar to him, you right. know. Right. Looking for love in all the wrong places. Very familiar to me and my wife. We're laughing, <laughs> but the other stuff was something. I mean, it was very, very good. Yeah, I thought it was cool. I, w- I was really impressed. It, it was good to see Eddie doing all the old Mr. Robinson's neighborhood was awesome. <laughs> oh man, I just, I, I just, you can't re- really get any better than you know. This is how we answer the door in my neighborhood, boys and girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. He's like, what? What? You, it's because I'm black. <laughs> No, no, we didn't mean to, you know, do all that. And he shuts the door, and he's like, "See, kids, like flips on the big screen TV." He's still the other word well, for the day that is race. But he has that other word for the day up there. Like yeah. I thought that was great. Yeah, it was definitely good to see Eddie back on there. I, I, I don't really watch much SNL anymore. I mean, I kind of, I don't know. I get my comedy just through life in general because there's so much shit you can observe and watch, and it's, it's pretty. Spectacular! I can't talk. Spectacular and uh, idiotic at the same time. It makes me laugh. So I don't know. And I was a big Tim and Eric fan, and I haven't seen anything new from them in a little while. So yeah, moving on. 
Um, when I like the fact that you guys uh, that you say like when you when you're doing shows and like you're wearing other bands T-shirts, like I like that. I like that support, and that's when you get like the diehards out. You know, like say if I was at a show and you know I. I see you wearing something and I come up and I'm like, oh, hey, you know, it sparks a conversation and you know you're getting a down ass motherfucker that's really into that, especially if it's like underground or old school punk or someone that recognizes that stuff. And I try to do the same, like, and vice versa. Like, if, you know, if I'm playing my music, I'll, you know, be wearing some wrestler shirt or whoever I'm trying to support. Or if I'm doing the podcast and we're going out and we're doing live stuff, I'm wearing, you know, music you know band stuff I, th- I think that's really cool like the crossover like dri crossover yeah. I- i've always thought of it like the venn diagram for the two things i enjoy the most besides you know like you know sex and such was like usually the people that i can sit there and connect to on the music and punk rock level that's like right in the center of that venn diagram that's very very good like our our boy uh one of uh one of the other producers at aaw uh trent who yeah. has the best hair out of all the producers at AAW. <laughs> he kind of like, looks he, like he, Kim Thale. Yes, yes, yes very much so, you know. But he has majestic hair that we just all covet. But, uh, you know, like he, whenever he plays his shows, he's usually wearing an AAW t-shirt yeah. or an Impact wrestling shirt or, you know, vice versa. So, like, yeah, he's he got definitely, the Impact, there's, uh, there's a nice uh, connection there. Yeah. Yeah, Trent's good people, man. Yeah, great guy. So what's uh, I mean, before you got involved with a, how long have you actually been involved? I should say real quick before I get into what else I was going to ask you, um, how long have you it, been involved? It'll be with seven years in February. Seven okay. years ago, February, I was working for Resistance Pro Wrestling. Oh, Billy Corgan's I, ex place. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, now uh, they're aren't they so, now they're the, like the deathmatch company or so aren't they just like resistance or whatever? They are the resistance, mm-hmm. and they they ran, ran, ran some death shows, but I, I haven't seen them run anything else. It's uh, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty. Uh, do you want to hear the story of how I moved from resistance to AAW? Because that's a it's a fun little story, and it, it should take at least four minutes of podcast time, which is always fun. I like a guy so, who knows his timing. So fucking shoot. Okay. So, uh, the year is, God, what year was it? Was it, it was 20, 2013. Okay. I'm working for resistance pro. My best friend in the business is referee PJ Drummond, uh, a blind zebra lore referee thing. Mr. Drummond. We would get together. We would get to uh, Mr. Drummond. Yes. Yes. He also had uh, two small boys and Mrs. Garrett as well. Uh, <laughs> talking about? we would get together, uh, and talk about the respective companies we would work for during lunch. And mm-hmm. it would sort of be, you know, I know this was a few days ago and sort of be the airing of grievances of the stuff that we had. And mm-hmm. one of the big airings of grievances I had was the fact that I was asking in resistance pro to be part of more of the creative aspect and writing the storylines. And I was basically told, well, Billy's here, that won't be happening. So I was sort of like, uh, great. Like I'm here, sitting here trying to make uh, chicken salad out of chicken shit. But well, whatever, <laughs> whatever, that's fine. Yeah. So while this is all going on, uh, my dad uh, is diagnosed with stage four cancer. Oh, shit. Uh, you know, it, 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 it was a surprise, and it, just watching him pass away very quickly was making me think a lot about many different things. Right. So 
resistance, uh, you know, I start talking with one of the guys, with Mike Pekovich, one of the owners of AEW, yep. and he's like, no, you would be on the booking committee. You would be putting in on all the meetings. We want to work with you. We know we can do great things together. So I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? This could be a, a fantastic opportunity. I, I'm excited to be here. They're actually going to listen to me and potentially go with some of my ideas. And uh, so I'm I'm going to the Resistance Pro Show that we had that month that had Matt Hardy versus Robert Anthony, and I'm feeling okay. Well, let's let's see how the show goes. The day of the show, uh, I'm doing my normal. I was uh, the head commentator there at Resistance Pro, which I wasn't a big fan of because I like the person that makes the jokes about the stuff. Yeah, and color. more of a situationist. Yeah, I, I'm more of a color commentator than the one leading. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's certain people that can lead, do lead announcing like Tyler Volt, or they can do a great job at it. Yeah. I, I always felt that I would have, add the background to it. So anyway, um, I'm sitting there watching the show and the show is fine. And I go to the, the locker room to grab something and drink before the main event. And I see my friend Stoney there. And my friend Stoney, I've known him for a number of years. Good guy. A.K.A. Paulie Shore. Like, what's up? A.K.A. Paulie Shore. Uh, I wish it was. I wish he was like <laughs> chilling on the weeds, but he had a little bit of grindage. So, yeah. Buddy Weez is dressed up. Don't wheeze the juice. He's dressed up like <laughs> Jesus. Like literally crown oh, of thorns and everything else. And I'm like, what are, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, you don't know? And I'm like, no, I have a format sheet. I don't have anything about Jesus. You dressed up like Jesus on here. He's like, oh, you'll see. So the main event is Matt Hardy versus Robert Anthony. Robert Anthony retains his resistance pro title. He gets low blowed by Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy leaves. All of a sudden, out of the locker room comes Jesus. Jesus comes <laughs> through the crowd, comes in the ring. Jesus comes blesses, and can't contain myself. <laughs> blesses the resistance pro championship. Blesses Robert Anthony's groin. Everything is good. So everything is good. And I look at Billy, and Billy is right next to me in the in the crow's nest area as I'm doing commentary. And and all of a sudden, Josephus, uh, Josephus. who works currently for Power, yeah, mm-hmm. comes in and choke slams Jesus. What? And Billy is Billy is on the floor. No reason. Like just all of a sudden, someone not attacking the the guy that just had his nuts blessed. He's attacking Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a religious guy, but it was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Like, because it serves no purpose other than popping the owner, who literally is on the ground, cackling, put, sort of putting his arms and legs up in the air, guys, sort of like a turtle on its back. Who, Billy? And I, yeah. Oh, yeah, God. it was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Like, I wish I wish I could show you this, because obviously the world is more than a vampire. You ever seen Billy, but, the yeah, pictures was, of him at Disneyland? <laughs> Oh, that's a great picture. <laughs> yeah. That's a great, great, great picture. <laughs> so, like, when that happened, I was coming home that night, and I was just like, okay, I'm done here. I, I, There's no reason to go on. I'm going to take off and work for AAW. So that's, uh, that's how I got started. You know, the Jesus definitely pushed me over the edge, so to speak. And considering I'm not, I have two kids. I don't raise them Catholic. I, you know, believe in religion. I believe in God. But I'm not like, oh, my God, I was offended by it because of it being Jesus. I was offended by it because it was fucking stupid. Yeah, it didn't make sense. You know, believe it or not, all you boys and girls out there listening, uh, wrestling has to make sense sometimes. Otherwise, you just... 
you know, wrestling usually makes a lot more, when it makes a lot more sense, it helps everyone out. It does. Because when wrestling doesn't make sense, you're sort of perpetuating a stereotype that this art form is stupid. You know? Yeah. Right. And I don't agree with that because, you know, and, and that kind of leads me into something. Uh, obviously, I mean, you had to have seen the AEW botch with the Dark Order that happened last week on Dynamite. Yes, the guy wearing the white socks, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the uh, So the Dark Order attacks the Elite and everybody, and they come out and they show in. And this is really a fault of production. Um, you know, they for all you out there to kind of pull the curtain back just a tad, if you're in the fucking truck, you have access to every camera that is hooked up. I mean, am I right or am I wrong? If you're you would the, hope so. You would hope so. You would think so. You would have a fucking little TV or a screen or something for every camera that is hooked up because then you could be like, oh, hey, cut to camera, whatever, and so on and so forth. So they, they cut to the hard cam, and it's showing. I mean, it's just showing this dude. He's just punching the mat instead of Dustin. And, and fucking mm-hmm. Twitter and the internet wrestling community, they go ape shit. They, you know, it gets real fucking toxic real fucking quick. Uh, Young Bucks leave Twitter. I don't know if it's necessarily just over that. I mean, I doubt it. Ter- uh, you know, unfortunately... As much as we try to be positive on there, there's just a lot of toxic, negative pieces of shit on there. Um, and it, it's it's one of those things where, yeah, it, it, it's hard to say in this day and age, especially right now, right here, right now, it's you're exposing the business, brother, because um, we all know what wrestling is. But it's not a good look, you know, and it's it's just one of those things where everybody's shitting on the company and it's, man, it's a mishap. You know, shit happens. I mean, how many times did we watch uh, Ronda Rousey <laughs> punch the, the air, you know, or, you know, uh, Sasha Banks with her, her air kicks and all this? It happens everywhere. You know, it's just it, it's one of those things, though, where, man, I, I I couldn't get over the fact that everybody was so fixated on it. I mean, it sucked. It but, sucked to see. But, you know, what's it, your take? It, it's something where where and I, I was chatting about this earlier on. It's easier to sit there and berate something than give praise to something, right. you know. And it's also a lot of times a little bit funnier to sit there and be a joke than sitting there and you know praise something or give credit where credit is due. You but know? you could still like joke the, and, the, the and punches, praise something. The yeah. punches look awful. In the course of a two-hour television program, mm. there was a one mistake. It happens. It's life. No one is absolutely perfect, even if you're on network television. Yeah. It happens, but it's, it's, it's easier to sit there and knock that than to sit there and praise anything that goes on. Just, it, 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 it's, not, it, it's Twitter basically becoming real world. Like, if you're mm-hmm. sitting there and you watch, like, the Game of Thrones, for instance, mm-hmm. and Game of Thrones earlier on this year, they had the scene where there was a Starbucks cough there. Mm-hmm. No one was talking about how good the episode was. Right. Because it's easier to sit there and say, look how cool I am because I noticed that there was a Starbucks cup there. And it yeah. wasn't like, well, I know there was a grande decaf uh, Americano or anything <laughs> like that. So I think it's easier for a fandom to sit there and berate something rather than praise something. I mean, they'll praise something too, but the stuff people are going to remember are going to be the negative stuff. You know, it's something where, you know, I don't want to sound like PMA. I don't want to sound like you know, like a member of the Gorilla Biscuits to keep it back with our yeah. punk rock wrestling thing that we have earlier on. Yep. But it's it, it, and even for myself, even for myself, there's times where I'll sit there and think of a tweet and I'll be like, no, that that's just wrong. That's yeah. not 
Yeah, yeah. Why, why would I say something like this? Like, mm-hmm. why? What? What does this help? Does this make me feel superior to other Especially, people? You know, I don't. I don't need Twitter to make me feel right. Anything about myself. And here's the weird thing, Keith. With uh, with I and I was telling uh Jeremy Tellum, a, a friend of the show, referee, um, uh, earlier before we came to record, um, this is the thing that really bothers me. I told him uh, I was like, you know what, I. This will be the end of this wrestling boom. It will not boom as much as it it should or blossom as much as it should because of supposed fans, marks, whatever you want to call them, because they're so quick to shit on something. And it's even if it's something they like, you know, it's like going back to what you said, accentuate the positives, hide the negatives. There's not enough of that, but that's the world we live in now. You know, and and to take something from like the Bucks and you know the elite, how can you change the world if the world doesn't want to change itself? You know, everybody wants you know they want to shit on. Well, we haven't gotten this and that yet from AEW, well, motherfuckers. It's only been twelve episodes. What do you want? Right. You know, like when Nitro premiered back in the day. If you for all you old school cats out there that were watching that. I mean, it was, I'll be honest with you, and I was watching WCW like in the early 90s, and Nitro was a step up, but I, let me tell you what, in its first year until like the NWO and stuff hit, it wasn't like, it wasn't some like dream come true. It was just there, you know? But right. I don't remember back in the day, and I put this tweet out there a couple weeks ago. Um, follow us on Twitter at JPW Podcast. <laughs> Ching. Uh, I, I put this out there saying, I wonder if, if fans were as fickle as they are today, back uh, you know back in the Attitude Era or the you know the Monday Night War era days, I don't ever remember it being like that. Now, granted, we didn't have the social media platform. You know, there were a few. The internet kind of had a few like chat boards and chat rooms and whatever. But I felt more love as a, a quote unquote hashtag wrestling community than I fucking do now. Where it's it's way oversaturated. There's so much. There, yeah. It's craft beer, man. You don't fucking like Three Floyds? Go drink Revolution and vice versa. You don't like that? Go drink something else. You know, like wrestling is the same. You don't need to sit there and dwell on what sucks because guess what? The be-all, end-all isn't WWE. Independent wrestling in this day and age in the last couple of years has proved that it is a viable commodity as far as professional wrestling goes. You know, you don't need Vinny Max fucking playground to have a good time. Now, granted, it's fun to always go back because let's be honest, most of us came from that as like kids, you know, watching it, you know, depending where you're from, you know, geographically, you know, maybe some people down the south who came from like, you know, Georgia and mid south wrestling and all NWA and all that. But all that aside, like a lot of us, you know, WWF is the reason why we love fucking wrestling. And it's, Fans have what I'm getting at is fans have to evolve like the product has evolved, and the product has evolved. That's the problem. The fans haven't. You know, it's just it's, and I'm sorry to say it and call a lot of people out, but it's the fucking truth. And sometimes the juice hurts. Oh, do you want me to sing some Lizzo right now? Uh, no, <laughs> yes, I, I, please. I, I, are we I back like on SNL? Uh, it seems like we are. Uh, yeah. Well, the other thing you got to remember with Twitter giving everyone a voice, mm-hmm. and now so many people get the 
get their news and views off from Twitter, where it's sort of like, you know, a lot of times you're taking someone's opinion yeah. as their news. You know, right, it's, it's right. okay to argue. It's okay to debate and stuff like that. Yeah. But at times it just seems like, you know, like, for instance, I want to say last week, Dave Meltzer said something about uh, Chris Stratlander and not being convincing as an alien or, or said something about that. And basically all these people went on, off, you know, not off on Dave, but would mention stuff like that. It's one guy's fucking opinion, guys. Right, yeah. Like, let's, right. let's, We're we all can all relax and chill out about this and just let's sit there and just, you know, just, you know, your, your opinion is different than Dave. You know what? That's fine. You're absolutely entitled to it. But it yeah. doesn't need to be some sort of weird, you know, plotting attack. You know, don't hang on someone's every single word of yeah. what they say and sit there and try and correct them. Mm-hmm. Everyone has faults. Nobody's perfect, guys. I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this. <laughs> but you trying to correct someone for everything isn't going to be good when you are the one that makes, makes something, does something wrong. It's, it's, people don't, uh, and this goes for a lot of things in life, not just wrestling. They uh, nowadays they don't, and this is probably happened for a long time. They don't take other uh, people's opinions into consideration, use that as thought and uh, provocation right. into maybe either bettering an understanding of where something or someone is coming from. You know, they just immediately mm-hmm. hear something they're like, "No, that's not what I like." You know. I, I don't know. I'm a fucking Libra. I don't necessarily believe in all that astrological whatever shit, but I do try to find balance in like everything in life, man. I really do. And it just seems like people will hear shit one way or a one way or another and that's it. it without using, right. you know, like hey man, I I love Uncle Dave, man. Dave Meltzer there's a lot of his opinions that are valid because he's been around the business, but it's hey Keyword opinions. It's his opinions. You don't have to like it. You don't have to hate it. It's, it's okay. Right. I, allow, <clears throat> let me cough a little and allow me to give my opinion about these things. Keith, <laughs> Juice, you guys interrupt as you see fit. Dave Meltzer is one man with one opinion, and it is 100% okay if you don't like some of the things he says. You don't have to set the world on fire because he said one thing that you don't like. He's a man with opinions and yeah. w- who's found an audience that respects him and saves time in their lives when they want to watch the army of good content out there. I think that um, our attention spans are short. So this whole thing with the AW punch, yeah, they're going to be on that. And then there's going to be a new thing. So big fucking deal. Yeah. Now there's 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 so many good indie promotions like I'm the, I'm the voice of the new guy and the new fan of wrestling not the evolved fan I'm a caveman brain I yeah. like what I like I like theatricality I like athleticism I like stories being told I like all these different things I also one of the things that I repeat constantly is if you go to a live show the open arms nature of most of the people around you is borderline overwhelming Mm -hmm. but what i mean to say by that in a parallel is like when you uh yeah there's like twitter is it's 140 characters so it's a lot of reflexive passionate reaction to things Mm. but when you go into like um when you watch something or when you like we we like to not so this is the longest we've ever gone trying to go a little in depth into something that kind of 
um, it's not shitting on things, but it's not that positive thing where we like to like. We definitely like to talk about what we like to talk about because mm. there's so much cool shit out there. That's why, like Keith, that's why Justin gets so excited when he wants to talk about music with you because he's a music guy. You're a music guy, like, right. and, and then he's a wrestling guy. You're a wrestling guy, like. It, it's it's a it's common ground. Yeah, it's common ground. It's the Venn diagram crossing in a big way in multiple places. Um, where like. So we try. T- there are more of us that try to be positive about stuff than 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 those on Twitter that talk about some bad punch segment or something that was one second of a two hour show that had that has also has another eleven yeah. hours of stuff. But that's the only thing people remember from that. Yeah, show. but it's but but I mean Stupid. I didn't I didn't even know about it. But also I don't fuck with Twitter that much. Mm. But the thing is like. So, like, earlier when we were talking about Marty and Sarah, like, they have their own podcast. Yeah. And one thing that I, I compliment them on is the fact that there's so much good shit out there. Find the stuff you like. Attach yourself to the stuff and people you like. Mm-hmm. And enjoy liking that shit. There's plenty of stuff in life that's going to knock you on your ass. Why don't you just like the stuff you like and be proud of the stuff you like, whatever that is. But, yeah. but that's not as fun as me making fun of a promotion through doing that's bad true. punches. You know, 100% like that's, that's the problem true. is where people just, uh, that, that gossip is fun, about, you know, and, yeah. and also guys, it's not like there's not a thousand shows running right now as we speak on Christmas day. And I know I already made that joke, but I don't care. Like <laughs> there's so much wrestling out there. Let's, let's talk about that as opposed to other stuff. Like if it's, if it's really bad, you know, you cancel culture. If it's really bad, it'll be found out. But right. just don't, you know, just try not to be an asshole. It's, yeah. it's not hard. It, it, it's something where I think both myself and Juice on this podcast have done a very good job at not being assholes during it. So, yeah. Keith, I want to ask you a question real quick. Um, so, other than obviously AAW, which, you know, comes first. Uh, what's some of your like? If if you had to give me like your top five, because there's this plethora plethora of professional wrestling out there right now. What's like your top five favorite promotions to watch? Uh let's see. Great question. Uh, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling yes. would be towards the top. Uh, but you know, and I, I could be like that internet person being like, well, you know, this year wasn't as good as two years. Ago. <laughs> hang up. Hang you up know? the phone right now. But, hang up. <laughs> but uh, I, I still think New Japan is doing a, a solid job, and I'm very looking mm-hmm. forward to both of those shows coming up. The rest uh, of Kingdom. I, I I also enjoy I enjoy uh, PWG. I like watching the PWG. Uh, there's a lot of you know, Beyond. I enjoy yep. their Thursday night shows. Like I've always enjoyed Drew's work, and I think Beyond has done a really good job in breaking guys on the scene. So like that's that's another promotion that I watch. I mean, I'll still I still find myself attracted to the two two biggest promotions that drew me in as, as a fan, and that would probably be you know old ECW stuff, old WCW stuff, yeah. and then old all all Japan for wrestling. Like nice. those are probably like the three biggest promotions and biggest inspirations on me. Uh, although you know I'll also spend some time going through. I recently rewatched. Uh, WWE in 1991. I basically went through all the pay-per-views and anything that I could find on the network from 99, uh, from 91 from WWE. So my, my kids are all over the place. You know, I like that. And that's much like me. It's, it's man, I, it's awesome, man. I, you know, salad days, salad toss days. Um, <laughs> 
shitty minor threat joke. Uh, it, it's cool. I enjoyed it. It's cool, man, because it's it's just you know there it's so much out there to like, and and I love that old school shit too, man. Like I've been go, we just had a guy uh, Eli the Eliminator on uh, episode eighty nine. It, it was cool to go, and he was in studio. He's a local guy, like local legend, even though he's not like some superstar. You know, every you say Hulk Hogan, everybody knows, and they're not going to know. Not everybody's going to know Eli the Eliminator, but you know, he used to. Uh, run with uh sam decero back in like windy city pro and the wwa uh down in indianapolis um wccw worked with the von erics abdullah the butcher bruiser brody like to have him in studio and like telling us these stories about hanging with these dudes and like you could just like it gave me the the feels you know like shout out to him because it was dude like to have somebody like that i love that old school shit like I kept telling yeah. like, as a kid, I would read these old PWIs, and there's just something about it. Like, even the old advertising, remember? It just have, like, some hairy buff dude flexing. It's like, get the body like this. Uh, perfect. <laughs> like, I remember being in high school and seeing a, an ad on the back of for Wrestling Illustrated for the Nikita Koloff School yes. of Wrestling. Yes. In beautiful, uh, I forget where it was in, in North Carolina. It wasn't in Chapel Hill, though. And looking to find if there was a college somewhere around there, so I could potentially go to college out of state in North Carolina. Why? So I could go to the Nikita Koloff School of Wrestling and learn how to do a sick ass Russian sickle. <laughs> yeah, the Russian nightmare, dude. He was awesome, man. He, Nikita was one of my favorites back in the day. One of my favorite uh, American portraying a Soviet characters in professional when it wrestling. comes to fake fake russians he was towards the top of the car. oh yeah He's for late. sure and he was he was goldberg for me before goldberg like i always thought when i first saw goldberg he just i always thought nikita for some reason you know i don't know yeah, i agree I, nikita had that good build like in his prime dude he was just he was jacked he was he was mean dude he was like you believe that man this dude would tear you the fuck apart <laughs> dude it was great i love that old shit in the early uh WCW days, we had a guy on too. Um, uh, what was his name? Uh, he worked for WCW back in the early nineties. Remember, Threat? Uh, now I feel like Bill? a. No, it wasn't Bill. We've had a lot of we've had a lot of guests on here. Anyway, uh, I just I told was you, it a, was it a worker or was it no like no was he was like, like Gary Michael Capetta. No, he was like he was like PR. Um, oh wow, Barry Norman. I'm yes, sorry, Barry, Barry, I'm Barry. sorry. Yeah, he he was PR from like what was it ninety one to ninety six or something. So he was there for a lot. He was the guy that set up like Sting and RoboCop and all that shit. You know, uh, man, he had a lot of really cool stories to to talk about and you know all spending time with all these legends. Like, I really like getting into that stuff with those guys, like that old school stuff, and you know, like the stuff that you admired like as a kid and. You know, now that, that, you know, you're involved in the business now that you're older. So when you do meet these guys and even like the up and coming guys, not that you're per se like marking out, but I'm sure there's a part of you like, dude, I'll be honest with you. I like, I try to play it cool. Like it's, you know, when I talk to these dudes or anybody in the biz, it's just like, yeah, hey, what's up? You know, you're just like another dude. No, no offense. I don't mean anything negative by that, but you know, just to kind of bring it down on a level. So they're comfortable. You're comfortable. You're not like just some supermarket and like freaking out because a lot of these people I have talked to, it's like, wow, I'm sitting there like I never would have thought in a million years I could just pick up my phone when I was a kid and like call Sabu or call Bill Alfonso, you know, like 
it's it's just Sid Vicious. Like, it's mind-boggling, you know? It, that's the great thing about pro wrestling, man. And it's and I, now that I've brought, like, Sretton back into the fold, he was a fan uh, back in the day in, like, the I'm NWO Sretton. days. And now he's, when we started doing this podcast, I'm like, hey, man, like, I know you watched wrestling before, but this is what's happening now. And it's it's gonna fucking blow up again. Even if it doesn't, this is gonna be one hell of a ride because there's a lot of promotions doing a lot of cool shit. It is like the best entertainment you can find, you know. Yeah, I talk about so so. Allow me to uh, blow a little smoke up um, AAW's ass for the Saturday event. Do it. <laughs> it is winter time in Chicago, and people bitch about and complain about there's nothing to do or I'm bored or whatever. This is exactly the thing you do if you want three hours of absolute entertainment. Everybody, every match on this card is going to be fun as hell. You will not leave the building not smiling. It's also a very cool venue. It's easy to get to whether mm-hmm. you live in fucking Wisconsin, whether you live in Northwest Indiana, Indiana. It's actually not a bad drive if you're in Indianapolis no. if you want to come up. Like almost everywhere you go, this is kind of like because it's like it's closer to Midway where this area is. Um, if you're in the Chicago yeah. suburbs, it's a perfect location. Um, but But the bottom line is like, this is good. Like this is entertainment, and and it's it's way more affordable than if you want to go see stupid Hamilton. Um, which I don't know if you like Hamilton or not. That's your that's your problem. Um, anyways, yeah, it's it's going to be a very good event. It's a it's a winter time frost killer, and even though this winter hasn't been so bad, um, yeah, I I'm I'm a huge fan of what you guys do. I'm actually. I, I didn't get to see the card until uh, a day or two ago, and then Wallace sent me that final card for Saturday, and I knew. So there's so on this whole card, I listed all the different um, performers, all the different wrestlers, and I don't know maybe three or four of them. And as a new person, I got excited by each name because I've got to see these people, and they just – they they murder each other every time they do stuff. And I don't, I don't know how you feel about it, Keith. Um, but I just wanted to say that it might've derailed the podcast, maybe uh, minorly. No, but. no, not at all. I'm going to put a tweet about it. Talking about the podcast. So I'll see what, no, uh, no, it's, I, I appreciate the praise and I appreciate being part of AEW and really giving the people what they want, which is great wrestling compelling storylines, great characters, and some of those characters and storylines will be coming to end this very night, and you're able to watch it via the tree on the internet known as Fight TV. And if you're in the Chicagoland area, I, it's going to be a packed house, so you should come on out because it's an experience like none other. So yeah, I think it's I, a really, really solid card. And the fact it is our big yearly showcase card, this is our Starcade. It's a, but it's not Starcade Battle Bowl 91. Like, oh, I love the Battle huge, Bowl. <laughs> huge event. I, I do think it's a bit like it is a huge deal that maybe, you know, those in the know know that 15 years, like the 15 year yeah. anniversary, that's a huge deal because I do believe that as a new guy to it, as a person that's re. Uh, that's reignited their, their, their enjoyment of this world, of the pro wrestling world. Um, you know, I, I do believe that there's a resurgence now, you know, because of a, uh, 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 AEW, because of all these indie promotions, because of the internet, because of a bunch of stuff. But man, every time I go to a show, which still I'm not, I think I've might've entered double digits finally, but I don't leave one of these shows 
I, I lose my voice most of the time because yeah. I'm screaming. I'm, I'm worried. I'm hyped. I'm sweaty. We just, we just uh, got done watching Warrior Wrestling like a week ago. It's been a, it'll be a week, uh, like two days ago, that we went to the last Warrior Wrestling show. Uh, and the main event, I'm telling you, man, I, like, I almost had to change my shirt. <laughs> I was sweating so much. It was so – the performances were so amazing that I like I don't I don't even know how to put it to words, but every single person from start to finish, for almost every one of these events that I've been to, um, it, it's like they used to say. I used to hear the words like, "Hey, you want to hear some, watch uh, like a good live sporting event? Go to a hockey match." Like it doesn't translate. Um, it doesn't translate on TV. It's not that exciting. Like that's the one that you go like ape shit when you go in real life. I believe that wrestling translates. It's the only one that translates on a high level if you watch it on television and if you watch it in real life. Like both of them are are almost just as exciting and yeah. and they're two different animals. Two, yeah, they are. Um which is which is crazy. Like <laughs> at this point when I when I go to my friends and family and I'm like, "Hey man, there's a wrestling show this Saturday. You want to come with me?" Uh. Um I'm I'm like 3 or 4 steps away from them doing some sort of wrestling intervention with me. Um, because it's been like, I mean, it's entertainment. I, I like being entertained. I don't want to sit at home and pick my nose and talk about how boring life is. I don't want to get on Twitter and social media and complain about this and that. I like liking stuff. And this is something that I like. Uh, and that's my 35 minute do. spiel. Yeah. I'm going to shut the fuck up now. <laughs> get the fuck out. Yeah, and AAW, I mean, you guys have been going 15 years, if I'm not mistaken, with the fall of Windy City Pro, which I, I heard they got bought out, but there's some clown running it, and it's just not legit anymore. I mean, you guys are like the longest-running promotion in the Chicagoland, Northwest Indiana area. You know, We are. So, I mean, that's... The that's, granddaddies, as they were. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's pretty cool. I mean, we, we need shit like that, especially in... Uh, a city like Chicago, which is the melting pot, in my opinion, of professional wrestling as of late. I mean, if it wasn't, you the know, greatest, the greatest wrestling city in North America is without a doubt, and maybe even in the world, is Chicago, Illinois. That's the right. Best fans in the world, the most opinionated fans of the world. God bless them. Like you know, Chicago is such a wonderful wrestling town. Always been a wrestling town. When NWA was back in the day, yep. they Steam were here Flair, as well. Yeah, I, I I went to college at the University of Illinois at Chicago because of the fact I knew it because I used to go to NWA shows at Pavilion back in the day. You know, like you know, <laughs> yeah. like the there, there was, there, there, <laughs> there's so much wonderful history, wrestling history in the town, and we've done what we can to make Chicago a place where people want to come. You know, when when I was before AEW was around as such, like I was just striving to try and find independent wrestling shows. You know, I remember my first independent show was up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin in the year 2000. And, uh, I met a, a young man by the name of Sam Punk and Cole Cabana up at that show. So like, I mean, mm -hmm. it's something where for a, yeah, exactly for a long time, for a long time now, it, it's been something where Chicago has become, you know, there's a bunch of companies running here. No other company, though, has the breadth of talent that we at AEW have. And we want to give you guys the best show possible. We try and make our shows consistent. We try and make our shows not feel like a chore to sit through. And we try and sit there and spice things up with some comedy, with some, 
you know, without a doubt, the best independent wrestlers available to us financially today. So it's something where we have a huge show coming up this Saturday night. And if you can't be there live, you can easily be there through our friends at Smart Mark Video and Fight TV. Right. So you can see four huge championship title matches. Josh Alexander defending the AEW Heavyweight Championship that he won two months ago from Sammy Callahan versus the unbeaten Jacob Fatu. Who is the current uh, reigning defending MLW champion, by the way? I'll just throw that in there. That's pretty we, we can. He's, a, he's a, an incredible talent. He is, he is a gifted, gifted Samoan, and he, it's something where I'm curious to see how these two guys mesh up in style because yes. I enjoy both of their work. It's hard-heading. It's incredibly physical, and most importantly, it's for the richest prize in America in the American independence, that being the AW Heavyweight Championship. Also, you have uh, America's favorite, uh, Chicago's favorite underdog, Paco Gonzalez, uh, defending the AW Heritage title. I love that Hakeem video, by the way. Was that you? Oh, it's no, that, that is actually uh, we there's a member of the staff, uh, Rob Malinkowski, better known as Polish Rob, who yeah, does those videos. He actually. A few days ago, released one a 20-minute one on the besties, and it's, it's definitely worth checking out. His videos, I think, add a new dynamic. I would want to say he's the best video person in the business since uh, Gene Carlo left to go to the WWE. Like, just Rob, Rob does an amazing job in these videos. Usually during the course of the show, Rob's in one of the building getting his interviews done, and I'm getting my stuff done. So, but yeah, Paco defending the belt against Hakeem Zane, Jessica Havoc versus Chris Stratlander in a women's championship rematch based off the last show. And then, of course, the besties in the world, Davey Vega and Matt Fitchett, without a doubt, one of the best independent teams in the world today are going to be going up against Sammy Callahan, the draw, and Jake Crist, in which should be a fantastic tag team match. Also have a dog collar uh, match. Wrestling implodes with a bourbon street fight with Eddie Kingston and David Starr versus Chris Stallion and Jake something. The high end, who's a talent that I think we're going to hear a lot about over the next few years, will be making her AEW debut, facing former AEW Women's Champion Kimberly. Uh, and then, of course, as we mentioned earlier on the show, Killer Cross versus Matt Justice, which uh, if you see them coming anywhere near you and you're at 115 Bourbon Street, get out of the way. Get the so. fuck out the way. <laughs> oh, man. That, that's so great. That, that's a fucking stack card. And, and you guys... Yeah. We we we've reiterated this so much. Sorry, the zombie dust is kicking in now. Um, about if, if you can't attend, watch on the fight app. That's so great mm-hmm. on the phone to have this. I got this shit on my phone to take that anywhere, literally anywhere. So you're not just um, you're not stuck to your your tablet anymore or your uh, your laptop. Like your your fucking cell phone. Download the app, buy the pay per view, and then watch it on the go. Anywhere. It, it's it's great. You know, you can watch it at your speed. You know, you don't have to sit there, go on Twitter and keep on hitting refresh to sit there and, and find it. Like, it, it it opens up an opportunity to get across to more homes and to be seen by more people. So I, I'm excited about this wonderful opportunity that we have with Fight, which I hope is the first of many shows that we have on Fight, because I think the idea is that where it's, it's taking the local out of our promotion and being being able to be seen in you know so many different households, like it's it's very cool to me to find people that actually post showing me that they you know have it purchased and they're ready for 
this Saturday night. So it's going to be it's, it's it's a big it's a big night for us. It's a big night for Chicago independent wrestling. It's a big night for the end of 2019 in AEW, which saw so many twists and turns. I mean, you know, if you sat there and told me a year ago what would happen to independent wrestling in 2019. I'd be like, say what? But like, <laughs> you know, it's it just had so many wonderful things happen. You know, like two or three years ago, the big concern was, okay, well, you know, WWE seems to be signing a lot of people. This year it was like, well, I don't know if they're going to the WWE or AEW, but it just seems like, you know, independence is pumping out so many good talents right now. It's, and there's, yeah. there's a lot a lot of good talent that's still available and out there. Well, and that's the thing we've we talked have... about, uh, and not to interrupt you, Keith, I'm sorry. Um, we talked about this a lot on the show. It's professional wrestling nowadays is fueled by the independent scene, which I mean, it always kind of has been, but there is so much fucking talent that, Oh, great. Go ahead. Sign everybody. WWE, AEW, take them, do it. Guess what? There's going to be that next crop is going to pop up real fucking quick. And that's the amazing thing about it, dude. Like, they're just fucking everywhere. I don't, it, the, the athleticism, the creativity, the characters, the gimmicks, like the total packages, they're all out there. That's the great thing that indie wrestling has now. That I'm sorry, WWE, your fucking performance center just can't do it. You know, they wanted to try to do that and they still have that there for, you know, the, for when they sign the indie guys, you know, your Roderick Strongs or whoever, um, so they can train them in their way of wrestling, and that's fine. That's great. But um, I, it, the indies, man, they just keep pumping them out. I've never seen a time in pro wrestling like there is right now. For the You know, the indies are just feeding. They're not only feeding themselves, but they're feeding the, the mainstream promotions, and there's enough for everybody to get seconds, thirds, and fourths. Delicious. <laughs> Delicious. Delicious. They're Street Fighter. Perfect. Delicious. <laughs> oh, shit. Hey, Keith, real quick, tell everybody where they can find you and AAW at online. Sure, definitely. Uh, I mean, the easiest place to go on it is, of course, the Twitter machine at AAW Pro. You can hit me up. I'm Keith Lipinski at Twitter.com. Like, those are the best places to find out the updated matches, the released promos, videos, and everything else. Definitely YouTube slash AW Pro as well because we put we usually do a nice match of the week. Uh, the home of AAW Films to make us seem like a bunch of pretentious assholes. Great band, by the way, from Florida. Uh, yeah, yes. it, there's a lot of great places to catch AAW, but like, the most important thing, though, to remember is this Saturday night. Huge show. Lots of ramifications for the future, and just uh, it's, it's a big step. It's, it's we're gonna try and put our finest foot forward for this to make a lasting impression to show people what people in Chicago have known for years that when it comes to independent professional wrestling in the United States, AEW is one of the top promotions out there. So I'll cheers that, and we'll be watching. If we can't make it there, I'm gonna try to make it out. I, if I can't, you know, I got kids, so I'm a family man, as you know. Sometimes that's why a lot of my uh, dreams get crushed is because of my niños. But whatever, it's all worth it. Um, if not, Absolutely. I'll pay the money, and that's I'll watch it on fight. Ain't no fucking no doubt about that. So I, I'm I'm pumped, and I hope all you all 
there listening are pumped to watch this as well. It's going to be a fucking amazing card. Keith, I thank you very much for coming on and being the last guest of 2019 and the decade wow. for the JP Dub, man. It, it's last been an guest honor. of the decade. Yes. What, wait, what was this Hulk Hogan? Means I get, this means I get a Chrysler Cordova. Because of Not from us. Not from us. We are fucking broke. <laughs> We're broke. <laughs> Until we get that diaper, the Pampers sponsor. That's right. I'm going to have some kids. Fuck it, I'll have 12 more kids if they you know, start pumping out that money. I don't give a fuck. Diapers and Pampers. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Hey, thank it. you all out there for listening. We hope you have a great Christmas. Have a great New Year's. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> the most oh, hello, Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> was that your dancing Christmas? <laughs> Lot no, you was, up uh, like Christmas. I, I believe that was I, I just made an Oz Rotten reference. Oh, Oz Rotten. Okay. And he ending oh, up shit. 2019 with a uh, from the system works for them record. A very <laughs> wow. There you go. Sorry, I, I, I went really I went really deep on that last one. But everybody, thank you for listening. And guys, seriously, thanks for having me on. I'd be pleased to come on at any time uh, and ruin your podcast. Well, hey, man, you Thanks, can't ruin man. it any more than we already do, you know? Yeah, we're a self-sabotager. This, this is true. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. And for all you out there listening, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and be sure to follow us on any podcasting platform and social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, yeah, there's one more thing we got to do, Keith. We got to wet them up. Wet them up. Wet them up. I'm so fucking wet for AAW. Yeah. You gonna so do what? sex to me? <laughs> <laughs>